Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Today, we are still in Black History Month, and it is Wonderful Women Wednesday. And I want to celebrate my girl, Naomi Osaka. Now, Naomi Osaka is so amazing in so many ways that I wanted to do something different because everybody's talking about, you know, her winning the Australian Open, which, of course, I'm going to address that, too. But I want to address some other things about her that some people may not know outside of tennis. But let me just get the elephant out of the room because one of the things that made me kind of disappointed in the media when it came to her is both times when she beat Serena Williams. First of all, I need to put my disclaimer is that I am a major Serena Williams fan. She's the greatest of all time, bars none, you know. But I didn't like that Naomi, when she beat Serena the first time, It was so sad because the focus was on Serena losing and not Naomi winning. But Serena being the champion that she is, she was kind of letting the media know that this really was about Naomi. And bravos to her. This was in 2018. And she gave Naomi a lot of positive and encouraging advice. And a lot of people may not really understand the relationship because if you listen to some of the previous interviews, Naomi made it clear that her and her sister, Mary, I think it's pronounced Mary, M-A-R-I, they're both tennis players and they looked up to Serena and Venus, you know, so I hated that the media tried to make it like a grudge against them when in fact it's just the opposite is respect and love so i wanted to not talk too much about that i mean sure we're going to just i'm just going to throw it out there they're saying you know the media on the 18th of february was saying once again serena williams came within reach of a record tying 24th grand slam singles title playing well enough to get to the closing days of a major tournament and once again she couldn't quite get it done because Naomi Osaka beat her. Okay, facts. Those are facts. We're not going to dispute that. But I want to focus on Naomi right now because when you look and see all the different things that uh, Serena has done to make sure that Naomi is celebrated, you have to respect her for that. And I was even, when I was doing this research, I was... uh, I did so many different pages. I was looking at the picture on um, the website on CBS News where they were talking. I don't know what was being said because I actually missed the actual tournament. But as she did, the first time she was beaten by Naomi, she was very encouraging. And she pretty much told the media that she respected, you know, them you know, talking about her, but it was Naomi's moment. So I just wanted to do something totally different and tell you guys about the Naomi Osaki off the tennis court. You know, okay, I, like I said, I did a lot of different searching. And, you know, I saw an article on the undefeated, 
And it says, this is entitled, Naomi Osaka shows why she's on top of the world with fourth Grand Slam title. So, of course, we are going to talk about her being the, one of the best women tennis players in the world. And they said it was solidified with her win this month in Australia. But I do want to talk about a lot of other things that she is outside of tennis. As I mentioned, she is very, very um, into what's happening right now in the world. Because you have to remember, she is bicultural, biracial. Her mother is from Japan. And her father, who they said is her coach, is from Haiti. So I want you guys to remember she is doing a lot, but she is also influencing a lot of different people and in a lot of different cultures. Because I don't know if we have any history of a Japanese uh, tennis player or one from, or Haitian one, um, one from Haiti. And I, I think that is historic in itself. And I love some of the things that she says when she's talking about her culture, because this young lady is still growing. She is only 23 years old. Whew. You know, Naomi is a social activist, and she is very excited to have a platform where she can speak up. And as I mentioned um, in the article in The Undefeated, I like some things that she says. And she says, in the past few months, I've reevaluated what's actually important in my life. It's a reset that perhaps I greatly needed. I asked myself, if I couldn't play tennis, what could I be doing to make a difference? I decided it was time to speak up. She spoke up with such power that she was named the Associated Press Female Athlete of the Year in December 2020. And she was honored alongside her male counterpart, LeBron James. Now, everybody knows LeBron James is an activist and has been for a while. So uh, Naomi now is taking advantage of what is happening in America to speak up. And, you know, they said she spoke loudly against the injustices experienced by black people at the hands of police. She flew to Minneapolis following the killing of George Floyd to join marchers in protests. It's a still developing part of her makeup that began nearly a decade ago with the shooting death of Trayvon Martin. She's quoted as saying, I remember Trayvon's death clearly. Wow. Because she had posted this on Facebook for her reason for wearing a Trayvon Martin mask during last year's U.S. Open. She says, I actually didn't wear hoodies for years because I wanted to decrease the odds of looking suspicious. I know his death wasn't the first, but for me, it was the one that opened my eyes to what was going on. Many people talked about her wearing different things to speak up for uh, injustice, you know, in this same article or saying, so we could see uh, Asaki wearing a Tupac hoodie one day and an outfit inspired by Japanese anime the next. We appreciate her concluding the tennis match wearing a mask honoring 
Philando Castile, and minutes later at her news conference fielding questions in Japanese. Wow. See, this woman is, this is a great thing. This is a great thing because right now we are so divided, especially in America, and she's bringing a little bit of everything. She's bringing Asian, Haitian, America, Black. I mean, she's just bringing all kind of cultures together, and by her representing a positive thing, this is really effective because, you know, she's quoted as saying, you know, as she strengthens her voice over the last year, she's left little doubt about just who she is. She's quoted as saying, before I am an athlete, I am a black woman. Now, she said this in August, last August on social media, as she announced her intent to take the day off for a tournament following the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. See, so she's not only just talking, she is literally acting. She's she's motioning. She's doing things. She's a verb, you know, and I always tell people saying a lot is good, but doing a lot is better. And I wanted to celebrate. Of course, she's a champion. Of course, she's already going up into legendary status at 23. But she is so much more than that. And that's why I wanted to bring these type of things. Because, of course, like I said, in the different articles, I pulled up so many articles. Like in Forbes, there's an article that says Naomi Osaka, already the highest paid woman athlete. See, I didn't know that when Australian Open. I didn't know she was the highest paid athlete. To be honest with you, especially female. You know, and so I said, let's just go back and let's talk about her and talk about who she is from the beginning, because everything is just based on tennis. But let's talk about her key background first. Naomi was born in Japan to a Japanese mother and a Haitian American father. The family moved to the United States when Naomi was three years old under Japan's nationality I don't know what that is. Sorry. Under Japan's Nationality Act, individuals who hold dual citizenship must choose one before their 22nd birthday. In October of 2019, a week before turning 22, Osaka gave up her U.S. citizenship to represent Japan in the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo, which ended up being postponed due to the coronavirus. In 2020, she earned a whopping $37.4 million. Wow, that's a lot. From prize money and endorsements, and all. that's according to Forbes magazine. Wow, that, no, that was something I didn't know. Mm-mm-mm. Wow, wow, wow. Anyway, you know, um, in this past uh, Australian Open, she won... 2.1 million so you know we know she making money i didn't know she was making that kind of money but i liked finding out her activism and her different things that she's doing in the community to make a difference and um we're going to talk about that because 
There's a great article about her in Vogue magazine that I took some information from. And I want you guys to just listen to this amazing, amazing woman. And like I said, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was not just about her being a great person on the tennis court, but she seems to be a great person outside of that. And I want to talk about that. In Vogue magazine, they have an article of her, and she looks beautiful too, and she seems to be a person that's in the fashion, which we'll talk about later. But they have an article um, about her, and it's called Leading by Example. And I was reading it, and this is so much in this article, but I really and truly was impressed with what was happening with her in May. And it said in May, George Floyd was killed, as we all know. And for Naomi, the event had a consuming force. In the months since, she has become tennis's most powerful advocate for racial justice. And she's quoted as saying, I'm black and I live in America. And I personally didn't think it was too far-fetched when I started talking about things that were happening here. I feel like this is something that was building up in me for a while. She said um, when she was 14 and she lived in Florida when Trayvon Martin was fatally shot some three hours north of where she was. She said, I watched the Trayvon stuff go down. For me, that was super scary. I travel so much during the year that I don't always know the news that's centered in the United States. But then, when the pandemic hit, there were no distractions. I was forced to look. Now, you know, um, I always tell everybody that if it wasn't for the pandemic, I don't know how powerful George Floyd's murder would have been because unfortunately, just like she's saying here, we were kind of forced to, we were home. We were forced to watch television. We were home. So, you know, I don't know if, if, if things would have changed if this wouldn't have went down during the pandemic. She goes on to say, I don't think it matters if you're shy or not, or if you're introverted or extroverted. You're just there in the moment. When you see it in real life, so many cameras filming everyone, police with guns outside the city hall, the parents of other victims telling their stories, it kind of hits you differently. You're able to process it on your own terms. Wow. You know, on social media, she posted photos from the protests that were met with, of course, that inevitable hodgepodge of support and censure. She was told to stick to making statements with her tennis racket. Someone commented on her Instagram page, you'll loop everything right because that's the answer. And don't give me some speech on why looting is good or why everyone is rioting. Martin Luther King would be disappointed in you people. And then she's like, you people? Who is you people? Just for clarification. <laughs> Just because it isn't happening to you doesn't mean it isn't happening at all. Now, these are her quotes. This is in an article with Vogue. I love this article that Vogue did on her. I suggest you guys check it out. You know, this is the type of stuff I always, always want to um, 
bring out in people, things that people don't know. You know, and at the end of the Vogue article, um, I, I saw a part where it says, when people caught a glimpse of the young Asaka, Asaki, Asaka's, that's her and her sister Mary, on Long Island public course and asked point blank if they were the next Serena and Venus, had Naomi dared to answer, there's no question that she would have said yes. She's quoted as saying, I would say that if Serena wasn't there, then I wouldn't be here. And I think that a lot of players would say the same thing. Bravo, bravo, my friend. See, I love this girl because she is really finding herself, you know, and she was quiet and shy. She was saying when she was growing up that her sister was her only friend and, um, and she say, honestly, I still don't really have friends. And I, I, I think she's going to have a whole bunch of friends now. And it's really interesting because when I was um, doing some research just about her winning, it came, an article came up about her and her current boyfriend, who is a Grammy-nominated rapper. Uh, I didn't even... <laughs> like I said, I I just I be doing so much I don't be in the know all the time. But I thought it was pretty cool because she's embracing her uh, multicultural life. But as she's quoted as saying, she is a black woman first. Um, I mean, well, she is a black woman. I won't say first. She was born in Japan, and her mother's Japanese. So I'm not taking away from that. But my point is, she was saying. She doesn't forget she's a black woman and she's trying to use her her fame and her platform to speak out against stuff, you know, and um, this Vogue article did a really good, they, they did a good job of really talking to her about it. And they're talking to her about black uh, American victim of violence. And she had been thinking about TV and its power to broadcast the names across the globe. So she's quoted as saying, I was just thinking that I had this opportunity to raise awareness. Tennis is watched all around the world. So people who might not know these names can Google them and learn their story. See, she was wearing, well, let me just go on and finish reading the article and I'll have my comments. She said it was a big motivator for her and I think it helped me win the tournament. Well, I don't know about that. I think her talents won the tournament. But what she was doing is she was wearing names of victims killed by police in some of her tournaments. And I just think that is like how wonderful. I kind of wish more athletes, especially right now, would do some of that because... Um, like she said, if you don't know who these people are and you're watching someone that's um, that's wearing their name, you will probably go and check it out and see what's going on and why is she wearing, wearing this person's name. Because they were saying just different things she was doing, like the Western and Southern Open. They said her first tournament of the pandemic and it started on August 22nd, and on August 23rd, Jacob Blake was shot in the back seven times, as we know, in Kenosha. And, you know, that's when all the other players were doing protesting in the NBA. 
And so she, so did she. A lone voice in tennis was elected to skip Thursday. I mean, she, she elected to skip Thursday's play in honor of Jacob Blake, effectively withdrawing from her semi-final match in the tournament. See, she's trying to use her platform to make change. She really, you know, was wearing different masks. You know, she had uh, Breonna Taylor mask on and, you know, she protesting because of the shooting of Jacob Blake. And it's just, she's talking about uh, Trayvon Martin. And this is what I fell in love with when I started doing research on Naomi. So I just wanted to put all that out there. And I always like to find clips of individuals. So I am going to play a clip of Naomi talking in her own words. Now, I mentioned about her being a fashionista. And when they were talking, I was, um, as I said, doing research. Yahoo.com had an article saying Naomi Osaka is decked out in Louis Vuitton to celebrate winning the Australian Open, and this was on Sunday, February 21st, 2021. And they said, I didn't know this, but they were talking about her being the, the ambassador. She is now the Louis Vuitton house ambassador. So that's why she was all decked out in Louis Vuitton. In a statement released in January of 2021, she expressed her excitement at taking on the role. And that's pretty cool because it says, my most treasured passion is fashion aside from tennis. And there is no brand more iconic than Louis Vuitton. It is such an honor to work with Nicholas. He's a designer I admire so much and we share a mutual love of Japanese culture and style. To become a global brand ambassador is truly a dream come true for me. So bravo, bravo. She is also a Nike brand ambassador. Wow. Well, you know, I just wanted to really highlight this young lady. And like I said, I'm going to play a clip of her so you can just see the honesty in the um, just the positiveness in this young lady. Naomi did a press conference right after the um, championship. I'm not going to play the whole thing, just the first couple of minutes, because I want to end it off with some fun. As I mentioned, she's dating a rapper named Corday, and he's a Grammy-nominated rapper. And to be believe it or not, he said he didn't even realize how famous she was. And it was, it was a really interesting um, article, but... I found a video where they're kind of like interviewing themselves. It's kind of really cute. So I'm going to play her press conference and then I'm going to play her and Corday's uh, audio so you can just see how she's just a normal girl in love, having fun and just trying to make a difference. But here's her first few minutes after winning the championship because I do not want to um, take away from that. I wanted to introduce you guys to her as a person, but she is a champion and deserves to be recognized as one. Yeah, congratulations. Can you just give us an idea of what your emotions and feelings are like right at this mo moment? <laughs> uh, I feel a little bit funny after I took that sip. Um, 
I, for me, my feelings, I'm really happy right now. Um, I think this is a moment that I've been working for during the entire preseason. Um, and you know, it's really weird when you get to that final point, you start trembling because you can think of like the what ifs. So for me, I feel like I'm living in a what if right now. Okay. Um, over here, Chris. Um, four Grand Slam titles, all on hard courts. What will the first non-hard court be? Clay or grass? Um, hopefully clay, because it's the one that's sooner, you know. Um, but yeah, I feel like for me, I have to get comfortable on those surfaces. That's the key thing that, you know, I didn't play junior, so I didn't grow up playing on grass at all. Um, so I honestly think I'd have better luck on clay, because I think last year I didn't play bad at all. Um, it's just something that I have to get more used to. Okay, uh, hand up. Yeah, Karen. Your semifinal with Jen at the U.S. Open was one of your most memorable high-quality matches. How would you characterize tonight's? Um, tonight I felt was more of a mental battle. Um, I think we were both nervous. Of course, I can't speak for her, but I was extremely nervous. And um, I honestly just told myself before the match, I'm probably not going to play well. Um, and I, I shouldn't put that pressure on myself to play perfectly, but just go out there and fight for every point. Um, and, you know, the outcome is whatever it wants to be, but I can live with the fact that I, I tried very hard. As she mentions in her press conference, she tried very hard. So I'm not going to focus too much on that. We already know who she is. So I want to end this episode with some fun. Um, she, as I mentioned earlier, she's dating. She's been dating for several years. A no Grammy-nominated rapper named Corday. And I saw a really cute video that they did a couple weeks ago where they're just doing a question and answer to each, to, to each other. And it was really interesting how he said he didn't realize who who she was as far as how big of a major tennis star. So check out their question and answer session. I think it's pretty cute. Hi, everyone. I'm Naomi Osaka. I'm Corday. And this is the GQ Couples Quiz. What's my favorite meal? Sushi. Corday, what specifically does she like when, when you guys get sushi? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not even. Oh? You get sushi. I, what? I know the base of it is sushi. Sushi. I don't eat sushi at all. Which of your shows was the first that I went to? It was the, um, oh, so this is mad early, actually. I want to say it was the one at the Roxy. This is like before the album came out, so it was at the Roxy. Well, I thought the show was really cool. I haven't really been to a lot of concerts before, so I thought it was really cool. Plus, I kind of knew him personally, so that made it kind of more fun. How old was I when I first won the U.S. Open? No, we just talked about this a couple days ago. You was 21. Uh, oh, you was 20. You was 20. You wasn't 21 yet. You was 20. Where did we first meet, and what did I think of you? What did you think of me? Yes. We first met at the Clippers game. And uh, what did you first think of me? Probably like, man, this is handsome. What? Excuse me? <laughs> I don't know. You're probably like, damn, you couldn't go to the Lakers? <laughs> well, do you remember what you did? Mm -mm. 
What? I thought you were clumsy, remember? Yeah, yeah. Because you knocked over the glass. Yeah, I was. I was clumsy at that moment in time. I'm not anymore, though. Um, what is my biggest fear? <laughs> I don't want to talk about your fears on camera. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's top secret information. Okay. I'm going to skip it, though. Yeah. What was our Cold. most memorable date? That time I took you, we drove to Rhode Island from New York to go like visit my grandmother. That was, that was super tight. It was, it was cool. What city was I born in? Osaka, Japan. Oh wow, that was that was a nerve-wracking bonus. How old was I when I moved to the U.S.? I don't know. I think he was like he told me he was like four, two, five, three. He was three. I was right there. I was right there in the ballpark, in the ballpark area. You gotta give me that one. Okay. I'm technically okay. crushing it. What? <laughs> We're being technical. What's my favorite thing to do at home? Chill, watch TV, read, paint. Okay. You are a great cook, though. Thanks. What is my biggest pet peeve? <sighs> you just like everything to be clean and in order. Okay. Everybody clean up behind themselves. It's amazing because you don't do that. <laughs> <Man. laughs> wow, so you know, huh? Who is my biggest influence? There's more than one. Or should I just go to the single, the number one? Well, well, let me just hear your answers. I would say, because um, you're so multifaceted, Serena, you know, for obvious reasons, and then like, Beyonce and Rihanna because of their fashion and business acumen. Okay. And Nicki Minaj, too. And Nicki Minaj. You know, it was alright. Alright, alright, whatever. Same to my parents. Alright, so I got that wrong. My bad, mom. <laughs> Where and when was our first kiss? Mm. What? Yeah. I, I remember, I remember. I'm being funny. What you call it? It's the spot in the desert. You know what I'm talking about. The spot in the desert. You know what I'm saying? Indian Wells, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He says where and when. Indian Wells. Okay. I'm not even going to ask for this. I have questions in my head. Oh, <laughs> what is my favorite thing that you do for me? Ugh. Need a fit? Excuse me? What is it? What do you mean? You're supposed to answer the question. I'm not supposed to answer the question for you. Can we skip this one? <sighs> it has to do with consideration. I'm trying to think. Okay, you're taking too long. We're gonna do something easy. Okay. What is my favorite color? Black? Okay, that's pretty easy. When did I first start tennis? Like five. Did I get that right? It's wrong. How old was you? Oh. You need to be more enthusiastic about answering these questions, sir. My bad. You should chillax. What would I be if I wasn't a tennis player? Fashion designer, dash model. Mm -hmm. What is my hidden talent? You can paint and draw pretty well. Half a point. 
there's a place that I haven't traveled to that I really want to go. Oh, hint, you have also haven't been there. Africa. I don't want to go to South Africa. It doesn't matter to me. I just need to be in the motherland. So, I'm assuming it's the same part. Or Egypt. I'm sort of the same as him. For me, I feel like it's such a long ways away that I haven't even thought of where exactly. Probably Egypt. We'll go to Egypt first. Mm-hmm. What city do I enjoy competing in the most? I guess New York. You can get half of an answer. What the half of? I like Tokyo. I like Tokyo, Australia, and New York. Basically anywhere that I want. It says what it was my first job ever. You had a job. Good job. <laughs> if I have to leave the house quickly and urgently, what is my go-to outfit? Some Nike sweats. What do you call them? The sports tank top? Like a hoodie? Pretty much Nike. Yeah, Nike everything. Good job. Sports. What is one of my biggest goals? You want to start a fashion line? Your own fashion line. You want to win like 50 grand slams? Half a point. What am I missing? A lot. Wait, what? Like, what? Honestly, right now, winning Grand Slams, he got that kind of right, um, and then Olympics. Oh yeah, I forgot, my bad. That was a big one. My bad. My bad, that was a big one. Oh, damn. <laughs> I feel horrible. GQ decided that I should ask you some questions. I feel like I have the basic uh, questions uh, down, but I don't know if there's going to be some curveballs in there, so. Okay, uh, what is uh, my favorite movie of all time? What? <laughs> what? Wait. It's a damn shame. No! That's a damn shame. No! <laughs> wait. That's a damn shame. No, wait. I can do, like, series, but movies. Alright, that's fair. That's fair. I don't really be watching movies like that. My favorite series oh, to watch. Sorry. What else? Uh, What's my favorite? What did I make you watch? You made me watch all this stuff. Like series Boondocks? My favorite all-time series is definitely The Chappelle Show and Boondocks. A uh, combination of those two. It's alright. <laughs> What's my favorite fast food and what do I order there? It's either Chick-fil-A or and from Chick-fil-A you got the chicken nuggets. Good job. What was my very first day? Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah? <laughs> what did I study in college? Business? Uh, mass communication. Close enough. Okay. What's my biggest pet peeve? You have a lot. <laughs> um, I would say... It's when someone talks about music, I guess, or like your music. <laughs> what is uh, our favorite show to watch together? It's R involves me, and I'm involved in the R. You can make me watch Naruto. I do love me some Naruto, so I ain't going for it. That's my sh. As, as of lately. Are you supposed to make the noise when I get it right? They're gonna do that in the edit. What's my favorite meal that you cook for? Um, ribeye, shrimp, 
Man, the fried chicken, mac and cheese. Yeah, but that. And the homemade red lobster biscuits. Well, this is it. This is how many Cordae got, right? I recommend we don't even bring up. <laughs> and this is how many. All right, cool. You don't need that, right? I ain't doing too bad. <laughs> Why not talk about you right now? You did. You did go. You asked all the right questions. You did it. You gave the layup. You gave me the easy questions. This was the GQ's couples quiz. <laughs> He's trying to say thanks for watching. Oh, yeah. Thanks for watching. I thought that was so cool. And the reason why I wanted to play that, because of course, a lot of people are wondering if she's dating, who she's dating. And they've been dating for several years. And they said he's a Grammy nominated rapper. I'm not familiar with him, but I'm not young in the 20s. So I try to stay a little hip because my daughter is, you know, into everything. But um, I was really glad to come across that because I want to show you guys that she's just an average 23-year-old trying to live her life. And she sounds like she's very happy as a person, as a tennis player, and in love and happy in her relationship. So I just wanted to end this episode with that uh, GQ couples quiz. I thought that was pretty cool. So I want you guys to just continue to listen. Follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A as in Advocacy, capital L as in Ladies. And definitely give us a call if you have any questions at 404-855-7723. Or you can send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com. Don't forget, we're on all the podcast apps. So you can definitely listen to us on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Spotify, and Alexa uh, tune in. So, as you know, I like to end all of my episodes with the favorite question. What do you have to say? Thank you for listening. <laughs>